some ladies will say, I want a guy who's confident. But that that isn't what you're looking for in the sense that I know couples who've been married for decades. And when I look at him, if I put him in such certain social situations, he'd be pretty quiet. You know, he'd be one of the quiet ones. He could converse. But, but when I look at that relationship, I see the confidence he has in that relationship because of what how they, you know, talk to each other, how open, how they, they communicate with each other. And that has allowed him to be confident so that the, the wife actually gets all those things that we want in a relationship. So don't always opt for the obvious. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Asian Dating Podcast. I'm your host, Mae Bugenhagen. I am the owner and founder of Two Asian Matchmakers, a boutique matchmaking company that helps men in the U.S. meet women who are Asian women all across the U.S. or in Asia. And I would love to help anyone out there. And today I have a very special guest. His name is Alex Meller Brook. He is the co-founder with his wife of the award-winning select personal introductions based in the UK. With 25 years of experience in the industry, Alex is an accredited international matchmaker and science-based dating and relationship coach. He is currently serving as vice chair of the Association of British Introduction Agencies, the trade body set up at the instigation of the US government for the offline dating industry. Welcome to the show, Alex. How are you? good I'm very good thank you thank you for having me on yes yes I am so glad you're on because I don't get a whole lot of male guests but you know I'm just curious like how do you succeed in a female dominated industry like how is it being a male matchmaker what's that about <laughs> do you know it is it is absolutely fascinating I, I think when you when you if you don't speak to anybody but obviously if somebody books an interview with with me or they'll they'll book a call with me it's amazing how many times somebody will go oh i, I said you were expecting a woman weren't you like, yeah i was <laughs> it's like no I'm, I'm definitely a man but it's 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 fascinating because i have a lot of clients who actually appreciate having the male perspective as well because sometimes, again, from a, a female's perspective, from a, a female side of things, sometimes they will uh, perceive a particular conversation or thought process, um, and it's it's almost standardized. It's it's almost like it's a myth, and sometimes being able to break that myth is really useful. And having, I suppose, having a guy to do that helps as well. And and. I've always worked with a lot of females through my life, through my career. And we have, a, well, I'm the only guy on our team anyway. <laughs> but it's interesting having conversations with myself, between myself and other females, because there's always two sides to a discussion. So if we're looking at photographs, for instance, for a client, if there's a guy's photos that we're looking at, I will always go to one of the ladies and go, which one do you think? is going to be appropriate and it is interesting because when they start looking at the female photographs they go that looks beautiful oh she looks lovely in that and that there are moments where i go no it's that one and they'll go why i said it's just a guy thing that's the one we need to go for and it, it isn't it is the one that normally is the one that works yeah that is that is so interesting i always tell uh, my listeners to have a man pick out their dating photos. Like you just never know, just another perspective. Like 
sometimes I'm on my computer and I'm looking at photos and my husband comes in and walks in and I'm like, oh, doesn't she look cute? This is cute. He's like, no, that one's better. Like, so it is so invaluable to ask a guy to help you pick out photos. And I'm talking about straight men. If you're looking for, you know, a guy, a heterosexual relationship, like you need to go and ask for advice where you think you're going to get the most value. So yeah, I totally agree. And do you, do women that you work with, do they want to talk to you because they want a guy's perspective sometimes? Because as a female dating coach, I can only give a woman's what I think the men would want. Right. But to actually have a guy to do that, that's invaluable. Yeah, it, it is. It is interesting. There are, there are people who will turn around and say, can I have a female matchmaker? Which is absolutely fine because that's, that's who they feel comfortable with. But uh, as you say, you know, I coach as well. And it is, it is, it's very interesting sometimes to break down the, the concept of what somebody has thought their dating journey should be or what they're using to choose their partner and then actually turning that on its head and saying, well, why do you think that? And they'll come out with a, a list of things and I'll be able to turn and say, well, no, the reason you're getting that is because this, that because you're you're dating a guy who never is. That's all they're going to do. They're going to date, and they are going to tell you anything that you want to hear, so they can go from A to B. And once they get to B, they finished. That's their journey. It's over. It's done. I said you want to go to C to D to E to F. So stop asking these questions, which are short. I always I always say it. You're looking for a short-term solution with the the kind of the um, the barometer that you're using to gauge the guys. You don't want to use that barometer. You want to change the thought process behind how you're picking these guys, so that we go for the guys who are the long term. And I suppose it's it's you know we all talk about it as matchmakers. It's oh, what job do they have? How tall are they? How good looking are they? Those aren't the aspects that you should be concentrating on. It should be what do they bring? I always say the the alpha males, which are great, they look great, they sound great, but I always I always kind of describe them as hot air balloons. They look nice and kind of they float around, but as soon as they pop, there is no substance, and you need a guy with substance. That's the key thing. So yeah, so it, it's interesting when people, especially when ladies, I suppose, come in and go, I, I need this, I need this. I, why? Why? Why do you need that? That's that's not important. This is important. This is important. This part. So sometimes I, I always remember having a client, and uh, we we went through a list of of things that she was looking for, and out of about ten things, three were kind of emotive. The rest were superficial. And I said, "Why? Why? What have we got?" So I, I actually reeled them back to her. I told, I just went through them again. I said, who, who is this person? There's somebody you have. And she went, oh, she went, oh my God, that's my ex. So literally the list that she had for her future partner was she had this list and it was her ex-partner. It was her ex-husband that she, she was that trying to replicate. And it was like, right, we need to scrap this and we need to change your thought process. So it is fascinating. It's fascinating when people look at things and there is that difference. There is a different thought process. And that's why we try to mix it up at Select in the sense of we try to get the ladies involved, the guys, me involved as a guy, and 
look at things from different angles, which really helps. Photos and, and, and other aspects as well. And feedback. You know, when you look at feedback, how does that, how is that perception? So I can speak to guys sometimes. And, and it is interesting, the conversations that I have with guys, because I think they they drop their guard a little bit with me and they will have a particular conversation with me that they would not have had with maybe one of the female matchmakers, which is fascinating. So, What's an example of that? What's an example <laughs> of a gentleman coming to you and giving date feedback that you're like, huh, this is good information. This would be. Some, some of it isn't good. It's just very direct information. And you realize actually what they're using to gauge females on. So sometimes it's more of a, a physical nature, maybe, or um, an attractive nature, but it's a little bit, it's not a sugar coated. So you get a more direct kind of response. But then obviously you have to turn around and go, yeah, but if you go down that route, you end up in the same scenario that you were before. So I, you know, you learn why guys will use maybe dating apps and Instagram. And it's for a particular reason. And um, I, I remember I had a, a male client that came to me whose sister lived in London. Now in the... It, we were in I'm in the north of the UK so we're a real friendly bunch London a little bit more closed off you kind of get to where you're going and keep your head down and keep moving and when he came to us we were talking about his sister who's younger than her him he was she's about 23 but he has actually paid for her to go to a, a matchmaker and the reason he did it she was going on the apps and he went no I have friends who use apps and I know exactly why they're using them, how they use them, and how how they use the women on the apps. And he says, no, you're not going to do that. I will pay for you to go to a matchmaker, and they will find you somebody that they vetted, they've interviewed, they know is looking for a relationship, and do it that way. And it's fascinating. So he thinks that people go on apps just for hookups, so he didn't want his sister to his friends you he, he went off what he learns from his friends and why they use apps I, I suppose apps in the uk why people use apps in the uk might be slightly different to the us i'm not sure um i hear different different conversations i know at the moment a lot of people in the uk are struggling with apps and we i always talk about the diversity of people who use them so it's not the app itself it's just who's using it and it's it's trying to trying to get above that noise. So you you do have people who want relationships. Yeah, they're in there. But also it's mixed in with people who just want to date. You know, whether they've come of that come out of that long-term relationship, they might not want the boundaries of of having a relationship, the ties of having a relationship, because it is a commitment. You know, they just want to go out and enjoy themselves. There are other people who just are, are on there for, for hookups. Right. There are married people. You know, I had a guy who who literally used one of um one of the well-known UK ones, and in one week, he said, "You could." Uh, they attempted a fraudulent kind of process. They were trying to get him off the app, and he was like, "What is going on?" And he just clocked it straight away from some of the warnings that had been put out. So he closed that down. Um, then you have people who are addicted to 
kind of dating. You know, I spoke to one guy about it. We would, we he found out what I did, and we were having a conversation. And um, I turned around. He was dating somebody every week or two, different, and then he was just dating. And he'd been doing that for two or three years. And I said, "Could you stop and actually meet somebody properly?" And he went, "Why? Right. Why would I want to?" I said, "Well, you might want to build a relationship, you know." And how? He went, "No, no, I like just dating different people." I said, "Could you stop?" And he, he literally stopped. He went, "No, I don't think I could." <laughs> Well, I think uh, dating apps, depending on which one you sign up for, there's always good and bad and always good and bad people that are on the dating apps instead of hiring a matchmaker sometimes because people can't afford to hire a matchmaker. What they can do is just improve their dating skills, right? They have to know how to vet people on their own. So that gentleman that had the sister doing the app, it's almost valuable for her to work with the dating coach to figure out how to date on the app. If, you know, signing up for a matchmaker is not, um, you know, she can't afford it or he can't afford it for her. So I don't think dating apps are bad. I'm sure people have bad stories, but it's kind of like the dater. Like if you know how to date on an app and know what questions to ask and how to present yourself, dating apps can be great, right? That's kind of what we teach our people, yes, if you're doing matchmaking, I always tell people you should always also go on a dating app and also meet people at coffee shops and also meet people out and about. Matchmaking is just one resource for you to find people. It's a great one, but I don't think people should close off to dating app if they work with a matchmaker. I feel like you want to cast a wider net, you know, just do whatever you can to meet people because all it takes is one, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's about changing that process as well. And I, I think, I think the interesting thing is when you talk about coaching, um, I, I think with the UK from a dating process and a dating thought process within, in society is slightly behind the U S I think you, you're kind of five, 10 years ahead. So when I talk to people about date coaching, they struggle with that a little bit. It's like therapy when we, you know, if, if you talk about it um, to anybody in the UK and they say, oh, you know, as in America, they, they seem to have use a lot of therapists. Whereas in the UK, we're a little bit more uh, kind of closed off to that. So trying to get somebody's, to change their kind of thought process about how they approach dating and then using those skills to use the apps is perfect, but it's trying to get them to take that on and, and lead with that, which I think we'll get there, but I think we're just slightly behind you. So what do you think are the major differences aside from what you said regarding dating between UK and US? Do you take on clients in the US or no? Yeah, we've got a we've got a number of clients in the US, but again, they might be interested in meeting somebody from the UK. Okay. Um, so we have a guy in New York at the moment who literally used to work over here. He's really focused on people specifically in the area that we specialize in. So that's what we'd be doing. The interesting thing is obviously who's willing to who'd be willing to kind of cohabit, if that makes sense, um, and and do that traveling. And some people really love it. Some people are very set in, in their kind of mind process. I was speaking, um, I mean, I suppose travel is one of the big things in the UK in the sense of if somebody has to travel two hours, they're kind of like, really? Two hours? Uh, and I remember we had um, 
a client who was American and, and she used to laugh at this because she said, you literally had to travel an hour to get to the nearest shops where she was. So she said, two hours, two hours is nothing. And you mentioned that in the UK, and it was like, oh my gosh, you know, it's like, it's like uh, worst thing ever. So is distance really important to a single person looking for love in the UK? Like they're more close-minded with that versus someone in the US, you think? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think because if you think about it, our, our population is probably more closely densely populated. Uh, we do have areas that aren't. It's like, you know, if we have a client, say, in, in the countryside, um, and if they, they kind of put a time restriction on, on kind of what on on where they want to look and um, the kind of response that you're kind of almost looking at coming back with is well there's you and the sheep so we might need to go a little bit might need to go a little bit further than uh, than what you're saying just to kind of get some human beings involved there so um but yeah i mean do you do you find that as a matchmaker in the U u.s that that people are a lot, lot more open to travel it depends i mean especially uh, during the pandemic, people were very open, did a lot of Zoom calls, did a lot of different things like that. And people can work remotely anywhere now. So that has opened up a lot more options. But I also try not to take on a male client if they are so closed off on distance, if they're already giving me, you know, age range and height or education level and they want kids it's like okay then you better open up your geographical <laughs> location so it just really depends but I find that a lot of the men that I work with let's say they sign up and they're in Chicago they are open to meeting women all across the U.S. sometimes in Asia if they've been there before or that they think it's something unique and something different um, but if someone lives in the countryside, I say you have to be open to everyone, you know, because I can't find people, you know, 100 miles from you because that would be tough. So they just get more options if they're open on distance. Um, and plus here, everyone has a car, right? A lot of people drive. So maybe two, driving two hours away or even four hours away is no big deal. So but again, it really depends on the person, but their chances of finding love is greater if they open their minds a little bit with the distance. I mean, I did not think I was going to be in a long distance relationship, Los Angeles to New Orleans, you know, for a year before I, my husband and I settled down. I mean, we dated long distance for a year. So when people say, I don't want to drive an hour away to see somebody, I'm like, okay, like you're really being closed off yeah it's and it it, it it is interesting isn't it it's that list of well, what is the most important thing prioritize what 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 is the thing that that drives you to find somebody um this the test that i sometimes use with people it's, it's like if you turn around to somebody and said okay if there was if your house was going to disappear now you've got five seconds or 10 seconds or 30 seconds to pick three things out of that house you're going to take with you, what would you take? And it's almost the same thing in the sense of if there was nothing else on that list, you could only put three things on that list, but the, that, that you thought that was the most important thing for that person to have, what would it be? And it's amazing how the list changes, isn't it? It's, um, you know, distance, whatever, just becomes irrelevant. 
the question I was quickly going to ask actually, do you find that if if one of the guys in America meets uh, somebody from Asia, do they stay in America? Do they move? Do they kind of change their where they they, they live? Usually the women relocate here. The men that I work with have great jobs, great lives. They're ready to start a family. So they're open to women who are looking to relocate here. So usually the women in Asia who are open to dating Western men know that, okay, I'm the one that has to go to the U.S. It's very seldom the women are like, no, I only want to date a guy and he has to move here to China or to Thailand. Like that's not very popular, at least with the uh, women that I work with. So yeah, the men are looking for women to relocate here. And a lot of times uh, I have men who are pretty accomplished and successful that they're only looking for women in the U.S., but they're only looking for women to relocate to them, like to Denver or to Los Angeles or San Francisco. So that's why it's also so important for me to take on guys that live in places that women want to relocate to, right? Otherwise, you better have a nice house or something to draw them in, or maybe you're 30 minutes from the big city. That's okay too. Um, but yeah, I normally deal with men who are pretty successful and accomplished. So all they're missing in their lives is a partner and they want her to relocate to him. So if they meet someone in Asia, it's usually getting to know them on WeChat, you know, get to know them first on videos and phone calls. And then they have to work on getting the visas to come here. So it's a, it's a big process, but the good thing is if the guy works with us at two Asia matchmakers, they know these women aren't scamming them. Like a lot of these apps have major scams where they're like, Oh, can you send me money to do this? Send me money to do that. And they don't want to do a video call because it might not be that woman that you think you're talking to. So, yeah. That's that's the hard. I think that's the hard thing, isn't it? It's um, it's the not knowing, and that's and that's the beauty of what we do, I suppose, in the sense of we can. I mean, if we think about it, if we go back generations, you you would live in a community, and somebody would introduce you, and they they'd almost know that person. So you kind of had that 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 conversation, and that kind of yeah, this person's okay. They they're, they're legit, and they they want to meet, and and this is the kind of background, um, which helps. But we don't have that anymore. You know, it's it's kind of as we move globally, it um it kind of it, it kind of thins out a little bit. So you don't know who it is, whether they're real, whether they're not, what do they want? And that makes and that makes it. I suppose that make that's that adds to the anxiety that we we kind of we can see in, in some of the clients nowadays. And I think the pandemic's brought that in as well. You know, it's it's that kind of people don't want to make mistakes. People people are a little. I mean, we. With people working from home now, we we find people have lost a little bit of those social skills. Even coaches, you know, I've spoken to coaches before now, and they're going, "This is really hard getting back into into doing some of these presentations off Zoom and doing them facially, you know, standing up in front of people because of the anxiety that we we kind of go through um, and help." And I suppose that's where the coaching comes in as well, in 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 helping people flex those muscles. I always say it's about flexing your muscles, social skills and, and, and getting you opening up with conversation. So you, you can do that calmly, confidently. And so that it, it, it creates that bond. It, it moves that, that, that date forward to the second date, the third date. Um, 
So it's interesting how dating has changed even in the last kind of five years. You know, it does change. You you see it changing. We've we've been doing this, or I've been doing it for 25 years with my wife. And you, we started just as online came on and we saw how that had an impact on dating. And then social media came on board. Then the apps came on board. So they all have influenced each other. And and now you have the metaverse that's kind of sneaking around in AI and you're going, where's it going to go next? And this the, the, the VR that Apple's just brought out, you look at that and the potential of that and, and how you can see how that's going to influence dating again when that, that takes hold and how people, somebody somewhere will come up with some way of adapting that to create some form of dating. I mean, you've got the metaverse at the moment with how they date, but that's, it's a little bit more, because um, I've had a look at it, it's a, it's a bit like a, a bit like a game, if that makes sense. If you ever played a Wii console or, or anything like that, um, um, Call of Duty, that kind of, but I don't think they've got the, the kind of um, videography as good, the anima animation as good, um, but you know that with this VR, it's going to turn into something and it's going to be quite interesting. Um, how that how that develops, you just don't know. Great, great. So you've been in the business for 25 years and you, I obviously deal a lot with men who want to date Asian women. Is there a huge Asian uh, population in the UK? There is. It, it, it normally happens in pockets. I mean, I, I would say now, our agency is really diverse. You know, you look at the client base that we have and it it is, it's very, it's very diverse in, in the client base that we have. It never used to be. Yeah. It is now. And you can see, I mean, we were conversing before about this in the sense of, you know, I have people from Muslim backgrounds and, but we don't specialize in that. So they have to be more, what we call, what we would say, I suppose, is westernized in, in the sense of we wouldn't follow somebody who was very much uh, wanting a religious kind of path. Right. Uh, same with Christian, you know, same with Jewish. So if, the, if there's somebody wanted that speciality, there are agencies that deal with that. Um, but, you know, I was talking to a young guy in his 30, very early 30s, and he was from a Muslim background, but he had this dual life of, you know, he wanted to make his parents proud of him. You know, they had a a kind of process that they went through and he, he had tried to follow that but it hadn't found him what he was looking for but he also has this other life where it's very westernized so there is more of a drinking culture more parties so they, he had that that kind of dual dual kind of process that was going on and he was almost fighting it because he knew that when he met somebody he would need to bring them to the family and how does that work but it was interesting that he said that his mum was more open to him meeting somebody from a completely different culture than his dad was. And he was really, really worried about it. And we had a long conversation about this. Uh, and his mum said the biggest thing for her was that he was happy, no matter who it was, that he was he found somebody that he was happy with and looked after him and made him happy. That was the key thing. She said, and your dad don't worry about your dad. I will sort. I will sort him out, which was lovely. So you know, it's 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 interesting. So when you try to find a match for this gentleman, you're looking for women that are more westernized, like him, but also has the background of that 
religious backgrounds to make his parents happy? Is that you are ultimately no. probably searching he, for Western? He's going to have a mixture. And that was something that I, as a matchmaker, I wanted to delve into and go, what are the constraints of what you want? You know, what, what do you want as your end result? Because if you want somebody from a similar background, similar culture, then I'm going to refer you to another matchmaker, a completely different company. But if you want that diversity, that's great. Because again, we, we have that diversity in our, in our database of clients, but also with the collaboration that we have, I know that we can also cover that and provide you with a mixture. And I think that's the beauty. I mean, we really, if we, if we go, I would say there are the matchmaking kind of industry, the matchmaking side really has taken off in the UK in the last five, 10 years. So do you, do you have a lot of competition in the UK with matchmaking companies or not really? More now than we, we did, um, and they're probably smaller companies. Um, if you Where we started was, it was more what we call dating agencies. So you have a bigger database of, of paying clients, whereas I suppose the matchmaker would take fewer paying clients on and, and work with a network that they built up, as well as collaborating. So for us, collaboration is just something that the UK is starting to get a grip on and yeah. there are matchmakers now that are kind of are starting up and they look at all this software and all this collaboration and go oh right okay but they're starting this they go why why isn't this doing this or why isn't this doing that it's like if, if we go back 10 years this is incredible you know it's like the software that we talk about and people go well why doesn't it do this and do that and it's like well i remember we when we started we took a what we call a crm and we cobbled it together i mean it it was used for something completely different, but we adapted it so that it worked for us. And um, now there are so many different other, it's like building a website. You could literally go and build a website in a day. 25 years ago, you had to find somebody who could build a website. Hosting a website? How, what? What's this? What was this? Code? What, what's going Now we kind of, it's, it's second nature almost. Um, you know, when we advertised, it was printed. And you planned that, you planned the advert a year in advance. So you had to make sure what you were putting out then would work in a year's time. Yeah. You know? So Alex, with uh, select personal introductions, what do you say your niche is? What is your specialty? What kind of clients, what's your ideal client that you would like to work with? Our ideal client is somebody, well, I mean, we specialize in the North of England, North, North of England. Okay. So I would say that's our, that's our great, you know, perfect age range. We really do vary. We start, because if you think about it, we're going to get the younger element in the cities. That's, that's what naturally happens. And then as you, as you get older, you kind of move out and you start nesting and you go into the suburbs and you move further afield and the houses get bigger and the, the land gets a little bit more beautiful. But um, so, yeah, but we're also looking at professional, managerial, creative and media, financial independence. So, we we go from kind of doctors, nurses, teachers to CEOs to multimillionaires. So there's a nice spectrum of different people. Not everybody's going to meet everybody, but the matchmaking again, that is more about I'd say the high end of our of our clientele. Because again, it needs to be. You know, it's it's like 
you're going to be working in a, in a particular sphere that it needs when somebody presents a bio it's got to look good you can't you can't go half hock at it and you know it's like when you look at guys profiles on the internet you can see copy paste copy paste copy paste repeat 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 it's like a long list i mean this is this is the difference i suppose sometimes between men and women so you get more of a creative side from a lady when she fills any any information out. Guys, you get lists, you get bullet points. Da, 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 da. So that's where they need that little bit of help just to kind of soften things up, make it a bit more um, appealing to ladies. Well, so. The men or the women are more forgiving, do you think? Which one is more open-minded when you match them? Depends on what we're looking at. Visually, guys are less, <laughs> less uh, <laughs> forgiving um women are probably less forgiving on rudeness um, the, the one thing i always go on with guys is when you go on your first date remember to listen and to converse on what you hear um be because guys sometimes take a list of questions and they just kind of reel them off and then they get to the end of the list they go oh what do I do now? <laughs> you, you kind of say, I ran out of things to say. Why did you run out of things to say? You know, you just take what's there, what's in, where were you? What we, what about that? So sometimes it's about going back to the coaching. I suppose the coaching sometimes goes through the membership because sometimes it's about for a guy, sometimes you have to get them in that situation and then they come back and talk to you and go, Did you think about this? Did you think about that? Oh, I didn't. Ah, right. So sometimes that hands on. Um, ah, right. So that's where I could have, yeah. So if you talked about this, or, so then they'll take that on board. So when they go on the second date or the next date with somebody else, they learn from that experience. So that's that's sometimes how guys work better because they'll they kind of they've got it there. They've got the visual. So being a male matchmaker and dating coach, what would you say? is the biggest tip you can give women out there who's listening? Like what are some extra tips that you can give them to <laughs> like from my male perspective as a matchmaker and dating coach, women, you should do more of this. You should be more mindful of this. Like what are, what is something that we don't really talk about a lot, but you find that man, if every woman knew this, it would be an advantage for them. From, from a UK's perspective, the one one thing I always advise ladies to do is ladies tend to go into what I call work mode. And sometimes that's because they just feel nervous or anxious about it. So what they deal with in work, literally they can deal with anything that women are absolutely incredible, but, and you, you know, you've got all these hats that you wear as well. I just don't know how you, I mean, I try to multitask in the office and they'll go, you're trying to multitask again. And they go, Oh yeah, sorry, completely failed. So what tends to happen is if a woman gets a little bit nervous when she's meeting the guy, she will go into that role. Now, whether that's a very efficient, a very official role, so there's kind of almost an interview going on. So guys will come back going, oh, my God, it's like an interview. I know she's got a little bit nervous. So the other thing that might happen is you, if you get a lady who is very good with people, she'll present so she's a good networker if she is very hands-on with 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 people she will portray that character who's very open it's, that is very confusing for guys especially if she doesn't want to meet him again 
Because mm. what she's done is she's gone in there, she's given eye contact, she's been interested, she's stroked the hair, just like you did, mate. There we go. Uh, <laughs> she's done all those things that you're supposed to do. And then she'll go, no, I'm not going to meet you again. And the guys are going, what? But it, it went so well. And what she's done is she's almost kind of what I call networked him. And um, so she's given this persona over. So I always say, try and get two dates in before you make a decision. I know there are ladies who use three date kiss rule. So if by the third date, they're looking at the guy going, I could not kiss him. That's fine. You kind of, you've kind of got there. Um, so yeah, it, it, I always say, try and get two dates in because what you, you what the what you might be presenting probably isn't you. And what you need to do is allow him to see actually who you are. Same with him. He's going to get nervous. Now, guys, I would say UK guys are a little bit more insular probably than American guys. I think American guys are a little bit more outgoing. So UK guys will be a little bit quieter, I would say. Some, some are loud, some are quite dominant, which is absolutely fine. But again, are you getting the alpha male who just is... It's all, it's all about him and nobody else in the conversation will will kind of go around it, go around it, orate, orate around him. And so if guys go a little bit more into that, it's about allowing them to come out themselves. And I think if you can make, if you can meet two or three times, that will start to happen. You start to relax with each other. And that's a key thing that I was, I kind of always work towards in the sense of just allow yourselves to be you. Forget the list leave that at home, enjoy yourselves. And that's the key thing, just enjoy yourselves on the first you, two dates. Do you suggest that the second date be something else aside from dinner or drinks? Do you suggest the second date be an activity or that doesn't matter? Dinner is a hard one for me. I, I always say the first date should never be a meal. It should be a drink or the starting point should be a drink. And if that is going well, pick somewhere that you can have something to eat. So if, if you know, if you feel comfortable with the guy, go for that, go for that meal. Because there are people who will meet and they'll, they'll know probably within 40 minutes, maybe quicker. Try try to leave it. No, don't use the 10 minute rule. It's, it's just atrocious. But there are going to be some people who go, it's okay, but not for me. That's fine. You don't want to be sitting there and watching them order starters, main course, sweet, coffee, <laughs> liqueur, because <laughs> you'll be going... Oh my God. So, so go for a drink, see how it goes from there. So in UK, you suggest people meet for drinks as the first date. That's probably rule of thumb. So not dinner, huh? No. no. Okay. Because it's really personal. Right. But something that did come out of the pandemic was what we found was the dates lasted longer when people were meeting during the pandemic because they couldn't go anywhere. So they'd have to get takeout coffee and they go for a walk. So if they've got a dog, they go walk the dog. But what they're doing is they're taking in the surroundings, there's distractions, the conversations flowing, and they're, they're less focused on each other and more on what's going on around them, which, which I really like. So I always say if you can do that and kind of re-kind of invent that, that's perfect. But yeah, I always say go for a drink, keep it really simple. And I suppose what I'm trying to do is de- just take away the stress and the anxiety so that if you do meet somebody you get on with, then go for some tweet. If it's not going to go that far, you don't have to be stuck in having a meal. 
and again, it's it's one of those things I suppose where you sat opposite somebody, which is physically, it's not sometimes the greatest thing to do. Um, it's really nice if it goes well. That's the point, I suppose. So if it's going well, go for a meal. If it's not, you know, you just go for a drink. That's it. You've not lost anything. But I think if you can get yourself there and do that, it's a lot less lot, a lot less pressure to go for a drink than go for a meal. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like it. So knowing what you know now, being in the dating matchmaking industry for 25 years, would you say that if you had to be a single guy out there, you would be a good dater? Like what are some tips that you think guys, what you've learned in the past 25 years, like this is, this is it guys. Like if you're just talking to guys right now, what would you advise them? Don't get hooked. Uh, don't get hooked up on the visual. And um, the, the the thing I struggle with with guys sometimes is when they start talking about things like Instagram, TikTok, and even the apps. This kind of swiping culture, it's so hard because again, that's an image. It's a perfect image. It's probably been touched up. It's probably filtered. Nobody's ever going to achieve that. So trying to get them away from that is 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 kind of really really important and it's almost like trying to get them into a situation where they're not focused on the visual they're not concentrating on it and, and almost not even concentrating on dating but just enjoying and and but focusing on the listening listening and conversing and that will help them. the people who don't do that just they fall flat and it's it's about picking up on that and it's about paying paying compliments um again for some guys it's hard in the sense of i remember speaking to one of the guys who was going on dates told him not to go for meals he was going out for meals and he was paying for the meals because he said that's you know that's what i want to do but it got to a point where he'd been on so many dates and paid for the meals he'd actually spent more money on the meals than he'd had with membership with us and he said and I said, this is now, I can I can hear it, that it's become a point. It's become a block for you. And I said, because you're going out on these meals, you're going out for these on these days, going for the meals, paying for the meals, and then it's not going any further. It's it's creating an issue. So that's where I had to kind of change his mindset and go, right, go for a drink. If it goes for a meal, it's because it's going further, which is great. It's It's because you've met a couple of times. It's because you want to learn about each other. So again, that's why I go back to going for drinks. But yeah, guys, keep it simple. Don't talk about the X. Ask questions. Listen. It's not... I think the hard thing for guys is they don't have a great network. They don't have a great network of friends. If they do, great. It's a very different kind of banter or, or conversation. Whereas ladies, you'll, you'll kind of talk to girlfriends. You'll talk about so many different issues your feedback you converse guys don't get that and i think that's why um guys struggle with loneliness um and it, again it's something that's quite big and i don't know it's, what it's like in the states but in, in the uk something we're really really addressing at the moment um, and guy we're trying to get guys to open up a lot more because they don't and again sometimes that's why having that conversation with a i suppose a male matchmaker it, it does open that conversation it, it, it it's it breaks down barriers sometimes that they can converse with somebody. And I suppose my conversation would be very different to maybe one of their friends' conversations um, in, in the sense they're a bit more laddie, jokey, come on, get over it kind of thing. It, it, it's kind of a kind of more man, manly kind of 
conversation and they kind of cut it down whereas actually there needs to be a two-way conversation you need to kind of draw that information out of them so that when they meet the female or the or the, 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 the lady they're going to meet they don't have to think oh i've got to have this conversation now and this kind of almost, almost verbal diarrhea comes out so I, I think that's a good point, Alex, that you brought up that men don't have these relationships where they're talking all the time, like how women are like, we're easily pick up the phone and just chit chat about nothing about our day about our errands that we ran and things like that. So I feel like a good lesson for women or a good tip for women is like, be more forgiving with men on the date with conversation because men don't have the social network and all that chit chatting that women do. So if he is a little awkward on the date and doesn't pick up on the fact that he should be asking questions, then the woman should make statements and then ask the men like, I love this movie I just saw the other day do you watch a lot of movies? Like go ahead and start that conversation and be forgiving in that date context. So yeah, that's a good point. I feel like um, some women come back all the time from dates and they're like, he didn't ask me any questions. It's like, he's not interested in me, but he wants to see her again. So it's like, yeah. does want to see you again. This is just kind of his point of view. He doesn't know how to ask questions and you're right, Alex, like after one date, you don't really know somebody. So yes, then give it a chance. Second or third date, if it was neutral or positive, I always tell the women, just what do you have to lose? Like, how are you going to judge if he's going to be a good father to your kids or make a good husband in 60 minutes or 90 minutes? Like give him a chance. Jeez. So, yeah. And again, that is, it's that thing of confidence. Some ladies will say, I want a guy who's confident. But that that isn't what you're looking for in the sense that I, I know couples who've been married for decades. And when I look at him, if I put him in such, certain social situations, he'd be pretty quiet. You know, he'd be one of the quiet ones. He could converse. But, but when I look at that relationship, I see the confidence he has in that relationship because of what how they you know talk to each other how open how they, they communicate with each other and that has allowed him to be confident so that the, the wife actually gets all those things that we want in a relationship and um, and that's really important so don't always opt for the obvious that's yeah. the key thing and it really is important that you allow him to communicate because again he doesn't know how you communicate he literally if if you know who who does he have in his his kind of network well he's probably got his mum who tells him what to do and he might have sisters yeah. probably who tell him what to do so he kind of he, that that's that's where he's at that way that's where he's coming from he doesn't have the skill set he, he he might have that toolbox but he doesn't have those appropriate tools and and sometimes you have to do a little bit of work to to kind of get to that point but if he's got certain traits that are really important to you then yeah. maybe you need to put a little bit of work in to kind of go he's got what i want he just doesn't know how to converse or communicate with me and again you know I, i've been doing this 25 25 years and i still have problems communicating with my wife you know right. there are certain certain times we talk and go yeah we're kind of missing each other here you know you're saying this and i'm, I'm doing that and it's still wrong 
and we'll we'll laugh about it because you you'll you'll see it. You'll, it's really and you go, oh gosh, right, stop. What do you? And it's really interesting because my son will literally walk in and he will sometimes interpret what I'm saying and what I'm saying, and then we we'll go, oh, right, okay, yeah, that's fair enough. I love it. So, I love it. You know. <laughs> Well, Alex, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate all the insight you've given the listeners. I will put all your information in the show notes, but any last parting uh, words from you before we sign off? And May is a fantastic matchmaker. So if you are interested in her service, I highly recommend it. I really, really do. She's honestly, within the industry that we work, she's highly regarded. She really, really is as a matchmaker. So if you're serious, if you're seriously looking, this is the lady you need to speak to, see if she can help you. Um, But again, any points that we've raised, take on board, please, because obviously it is different. It's a different thought process. It's a different way of looking at it. And uh, enjoy yourselves. That's the key thing. Enjoy yourselves and don't go for the obvious. Okay. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me today. And women love for you to fill out a profile with me. So I know how to find you. And men, if you're out there all across the US and want to meet a lovely Asian woman, please contact me at twoasianmatchmakers.com. And Alex, thank you so much for joining me today. And I will talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.